Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Praise the football gods. The interminable two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, have come and gone. Football is back in our lives from now through Monday night. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus Three. Presented as ever by Omaha. First things first, the 15-minute NFL pregame show is ready if it is Friday, what, midday, Eddie Spaghetti? I know I have to check in with you. Available on YouTube. Also, we stream it on Twitter multiple times between now and kickoff on Sunday morning. Reminder, an early kick, 6.30 a.m., Pacific time, 930 uh, Eastern. I don't know what time that makes it over in London, but the Jags and um, who are they playing over there? The Jags and and the Falcons are playing. Oh, yeah, right. It's the outdoor cocktail party. It's the outdoor cocktail party. That's right. All right, Hen, you're chopping at the bit. Let's get in. Eddie Spaghetti's there behind the glass, ready to roll. Hench has resolved the strike. He did it. Oh, yeah. Back at it. All right. Very You're welcome, America. Your entertainment is about to return. Not football, the scripted kind. Hench, how are you? And how excited, one to ten, are you about Kelsey and Swift? Uh, I'm, you know, I'd say I'm I'm 8.5 on on Kelsey and Swift. Yeah, it's uh it seems like a match made in heaven. I'm sure it's gonna be built to last, like all celebrity relationships. Um but it's funny. Last week at this time, I was I was ranting and railing at at how poorly our beloved football is coached, played, and officiated. You know, mm-hmm. and and so two weekends ago, I was like, "Man, we got to take better care of our national religion, football." And then, and then, if it's possible, this past weekend was even worse. Now, my old lady and I were out on the town and missed the end of the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. So I'm reading all these stories, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, what happened? And Freeman is, like, answering questions that weren't asked. Like, he's, like, almost like a a, a politician. Like, he's like, no, 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 hold on, what happened? So as you guys know, I was texting poor Spaghetti. I'm going to make him relive it now because I still – don't really have an answer to this question. Twice. We went earlier in the week. We had Brad Spielberger on. We had a gay time, except for poor spaghetti was licking his wounds after what happened in South Bend. And now we have to do it all over again. Well, here's the deal. I have no choice. You have to do it. We have have to, to right? Okay. So Pop Warner, high school JV, like every, every football team in America knows knows how to have 11 guys on the field. That's like, this is what you teach. You're teaching little kids. Like, so are you in base? Are you in goal line? Are you in nickel? Are you in dime? Like, so what I don't understand and I could, and is like, why were there 10 guys on the field to begin with? What, who like was Freeman trying to protect somebody? Like, okay, that is like (laughs) when Thurman Thomas can't find his helmet, that's on Thurman Thomas. That's our, that's your helmet, and you're not on the field for the beginning of the Super Bowl. Hey, Thurman, that's on you. So, Spaghetti, do we know who's who was supposed to be on the field, who got the wrong message, who what happened, and how did it happen twice? 
Well, it looks like they were missing a lineman on the left with a, that run went. So that's why obviously Ohio State ran the play to there. Um, I mean, Freeman is a defensive guy, but I know they did bring in Al Golden to kind of call the plays. Um, and defensively, Notre Dame this season has been great. I mean, the, holding Ohio State to the amount of points they had, and obviously they went like two straight games allowing a touchdown. Um, it's it they shut down Marvin Harrison Jr. completely. I. Um, I, this sucks. I hate talking about this. I mean, I it, it, it's obviously this is why they're a college program. Like professionals don't really do this. It's an, a bad blunder by a young head coach. Um, I, I don't know why. Like they just mismanaged that whole last few plays. Like they they had a nineteen. Ohio State needed to go nineteen yards to get a first down, and they Notre Dame allowed them to get twenty yards. Like why are you giving a twenty yard cushion? Um, but I, I also think that I, I'm I'm taking the blame off the defense because I think. Gerard Parker, the offensive coordinator, like why when you when you completed that uh, pass and then SMA had that first down run, Notre Dame was a 91 percent chance of winning that with like two plus minutes left. And then why you call the screen on second down and the sack happened like it should have just been SMA run, SMA run, SMA run, especially because he was not playing that much um, in like the the second and third quarter. They kind of saved him for the fourth quarter when the defense on the Ohio State was worn down, which they were. And you could have just killed all the clock. They would have had to use their timeouts, which obviously would have given them way less time uh, when they had the ball at the end of the game. So I, I think the offense really screwed them there. But yeah, I mean, giving up that that, that many yards in that, that 19 yard play and then like not having a got 11 men in the field. Like, I don't know how your defensive captain should realize that. But I also feel like if, if your head coach is a defensive guy and you have Al Golden, who has so much experience uh, in both leagues and then, and then to like, uh, it's just it's 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 a nightmare. Like everything about Notre Dame is a nightmare. It, it goes from the bush push to the 10 men on the field play. And even though the, like what sucks is they were better than Ohio state and they lost this game to a, a team who was inferior. And then now you have a tough game on the road versus Duke and uh, with another college game day game, you have USC coming to your building who has the best player in the country. And then you have another road game versus Clemson, who's kind of up and down, but they give uh, FSU a tough game. So like, yeah, I've seen things like people saying on both sides, like, Oh, if they run the table, they're fine. But then some people are like, well, why would any Big Ten team with a one loss not get in ahead of Notre Dame? So, like, they might have just screwed themselves. And uh, it just. No, they'll go. Narrow loss if they sweep. At every at the rest of the way, I, here, I agree. I agree. But the whole fan base, Notre Dame, the whole fan base. Why? This would be funny. As, as Spaghetti was was reliving it, I thought this would be funny for me to go if I said now. Uh, yeah, no, I'm kidding. I watched it. I just wanted to make you go through it again. I did see this. <laughs> it's but the I worst. Did, I didn't see the end. But here's the thing. So then Freeman goes, "Hey man, it's cool because now we have a signal to let the defense know to take a penalty on purpose when we send ten guys out there." What, coach? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the signal to take a penalty. Just send eleven guys onto the field. Like it's so bonkers. By the way, that might have been the national championship game. You 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 had ten guys on the field on consecutive plays during the de facto national championship game. I mean, this is an all timer. Uh, I can't think of anything analogous. You know, I mean, obviously there's bad coaching, but literally, like your your team goes on the power play in the Stanley Cup Finals, but you only send four guys out. Well, no, it's it's yeah, it's akin to bad officiating that swings. 
entire college football seasons. The fifth down for Colorado and fluky plays like that kick ball with the Nebraska kid. Remember that one? Well, remember that? I don't remember even the circumstance there, but the ball somehow hits the Cornhusker kid flipping over and the cat and they improbably win that game. It had that vibe to it. Like the whole season may well come down to, as you say, that one play or those two plays where they didn't have a, a guy on the field. I'm just so tired of this. I'm just so tired of like every time they play a big game, it's just always like a yeah, but it's never like they get it done. And, and Freeman is an Ohio State guy. Like this is the game you had to win. You were in the green jerseys. Like, I mean, Sam Harmon played incredibly in that game. And and like you have Ohio State in a down year, so to speak, with a younger quarterback. Um, and a lot of their guys moved on to the NFL and like th- their defense is prone to giving up big plays. And, it, and like the game plan worked for most of the game. They were just chewing the clock up. They were just running right down their throats. And like every running back Notre Dame put in, he was succeeding, like paying all the like it was just working. And then I don't know how they crumbled with like that little time left. It just like every coach on the planet needs to just go through time management courses just to figure out how to win these games. And again, it's going to come down to the defense because that's the play everyone will remember. But it's just I'm just so tired of this, of like never getting like this is the team that actually can go toe to toe with the big boys. And it just never gets it. I'm just tired. I'm just so exhausted from like getting hyped up for these games just to be let down. And it's happening with my pro teams uh, with the giants. I'll win on prime time. It's also happening. <laughs> the, Yan- the Yankees are hiring a third party audit team to like figure out what went wrong with the spending. Like it just sports are a joke. I'm going to oh, come on. You have five win. months to watch the Rangers not make the playoffs. Exactly. That's gonna be- I, 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 exactly. I, I, it's just, it's, it's, I, the go to uh, the, my bad goat is me. I, mean, I was going to, Say, well, oh, good for I was just about to say, I think you guys teamed up to make Marcus Freeman the bad goat, but Spaghetti steps in front and takes the bullet there. He says he's the bad goat. I'm for rooting be, for them. I'm like a curse. I'm like the opposite yeah. of like a rabbit's foot. I, I just, I hate Yes. Oh, That's what man. we've been saying. Yes. Um, no. I, okay. I, I, well, let listen. me throw this bad go, goat go, at go, you. Go, go, because, go. The, because the more Notre Dame and Ohio State played, and if I read it correctly, Fewer people watch that than they did the Buffaloes in the middle of the day. Am I, I? I think I'm right about that. Oregon and Colorado somehow registered more than that game did. These two, uh, you know, all-time traditional powers. Either way, maybe Shadour Sanders should date Taylor Swift. Now, that would be a news item. But in the meantime, my bad goat is Dan Lanning for doing what he did to Colorado. Poor Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. If they if they do anything other than just destroy this, they're out of the national championship chase, right? I mean, they have they must not just defeat them; they must lay waste to Colorado, or they expose themselves to be so bad defensively that they can't rightly be injected into the Final Four. And by the way, they're not going to make it because the Pac-12 would be too good. Someone will knock them down. It will herald a Trojans loss, even if they if if they do if they go like. 85 total points in this game and USC gives up close to half of that, it will announce, yeah, this Trojans team ain't going to be able to hack it against the SEC's best and probably even against its conference's best. How say you, Hedge? Well, I think uh, the the private jets gassing up to fly from L.A., to Boulder for, the, uh, for these games are going to start going down, right? I don't think we're going to see the rock after now USC is going to put a three touchdown whooping on Colorado. Like, okay, let's hope the jets literally don't go down though. 
which is what you just said. Like the Jets are going to start going. Back. Yikes! The number of Jets, not those Jets, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's like it, it 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 was nice while it lasted, and then they and they started playing real teams, and uh, and and they're they're going to take it on the chin again again this weekend. Um, so, but so the coaching, obviously, as Spaghetti knows, like the coaching apocalypse was unlike anything we've ever seen, but. We got to talk about the officiating and and Sheck. We went. We were talking about this with Minka when Minka went low, and now we're talking about it with Minka when Minka went high-ish. Like there's nowhere you can hit a football player where you're not either accused of being a bad guy or flagged. And obviously, those two penalties on the Steelers that kept that game uh, close at the end. Were, were absurd, obviously. Right, the referee was Goldilocks. That's exactly right. Too, oh, too low, Minka. You can't, too high, Minka. You I, you have to hit him in his belly button or it's a personal foul. And, 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 you know, Jimmy, he gets him clean and his helmet hits the shoulder pad and it slides up off the shoulder pad and grazes maybe out or doesn't make contact anyway. So that was a terrible penalty. And by the way, when we saw it live, we knew immediately, we were like, that was a clean hit and it's going to be penalized, right? The way he went down, you're like- I swear to hit. Jesus, that's exactly the way it went for me. Is like, and, and you're like, that's a clean hit, you know, and I, and I had the Steelers and thank, thankfully back to the terrible coaching, Josh McDaniels uh, hooked me up at the end and, and, I, and I won my bet, but, but um, you're like, wow, that was a clean hit and yep, they're going to call it, sure enough. And then the leverage penalty, what- that was the worst. That to me was the worst call, especially you mentioned the Bush push. He, you know, this erasure of Reggie Bush. Okay, he doesn't have his Heisman. It should at least let's call what the Eagles do. Let's call that the Bush push too. We don't have to change it to Tush push. Either way, the the now hand wringing when we had all offseason to fix it. Now that they're still doing it, lo and behold, like everybody's like, wait. We've decided that we're going to allow the the Bush push to continue. And now three weeks in, everybody's mad, mad that the Eagles continue to run it is is uh, is very weird stuff. But while that's legal, the defensive player trying to block a field goal can't rest his hand on the on the blocker in front of him. What are we talking about? Just stand back from the line of scrimmage, like just he didn't climb them like a ladder or anything, which, by the way, I wouldn't have any problem with him doing. If you allow the dush, the, the, the bush push, you're allowed to get behind the, your your guy. And, you know, at some point, like we keep talking about, somebody's going to get hurt doing it. So you know, fall on the teammates leg and end the season. But should, like, the whole thing is player safety. So you can't launch off of somebody. I mean. By the way, in terms of what would be the most spectacular thing, how cool would it be if if teammates could start making the hand ladder thing and like boosting him like a cheerleader, like up over the line to try and block the kick? That would add some intrigue to the process. <laughs> uh, well, schooler for the Pats with the running start, you get yeah, that was a good start. start. Yeah, you get a running start down the middle, and the and the cheerleader they they cup their hands like the way they launched it. The, that would be awesome. Maybe the biggest gone. guys like team up and they start to throw their kicker when the other team's kicker is on the field because he's the lightest guy. They just throw the kicker as high up into the air as they can throw him from behind the line of scrimmage in an attempt to to meet the ball in well, the now air. Kind of like a, a nuclear weapon uh, thing. That, that, you now know, that the, it's the kicker, it's sounding like dwarf tossing. You just <laughs> throw the kicker 
to try to block it. Okay. So, so you got, okay. So you did your, you did your bad goat. I gave my bad goat. I have okay. a good goat that I'm, I'm really excited right, to go, hear. Go, 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 go. Good goat. Good goat. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar's Sportsbook? Ah, before you answer, two words, Caesar's Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesar's can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I bet you're going to hate it now that I just said I like this a lot. Rare is the opportunity to talk. Like we do goat and goat. The meaning of the word has great range. Obviously, if you're the goat, you're the greatest of all time or you're responsible for your team's failure. Um, goat in terms of major league uh, third baseman all time. Brooks Robinson, I you know, I think at this point, in terms of a complete third baseman in the history of baseball, people probably lean Mike Schmidt over Brooks Robinson. I think they certainly do, in fact. But it's interesting when certain guys achieve the status of like standard bearer for a position. And Brooks Robinson is that. I don't, any era, it's fascinating to me. I bet Eddie Spaghetti's generation on down would be able to summon the name. Like who's the greatest defensive third baseman of all time? I bet you Eddie Spaghetti and his peer group would be able to cite Brooks Robinson as the correct answer to that. I think it's remarkable. And my question is, is there anyone you can think of in any of the four major sports that fits that description as well as Brooks Robinson does greatest defensive third baseman in baseball history? 
that that that, like would you call anybody like well i mean there's no debate that guy is the best of all time like i guess you would say lawrence taylor's the greatest edge rusher of all time but like the debate of who's the greatest defensive player in the nfl is murky people have you know a handful of opinions there's only brady tom brady's not murky okay great that's a, that that's and transcend. Okay, I, funny, I, I, somehow I skipped the most obvious answer when I was trying to you, think this through. You mentioned Schmidt, who who is the de facto greatest all around, you know, two way third baseman of all time. But uh, you know, I obviously reflexively go to our underrated minus three guest Wade Boggs. Uh, and so so while while you were talking, as I frequently do, I tune out uh-huh. and I went to. Uh, I went to the all-time war leaders and uh, Wade Boggs, number two behind Mike Schmidt, all-time wins above placement. Uh, Your friend Brooks Robinson, uh, who's gone to the hot corner in the sky, is uh, eighth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wait, Uh, are you here to diminish my point that Brooks Robinson is understood to be the best in the history of people at something? He's the best defensive third base. That's what I'm saying. But, I'm know, saying those those okay. things are rare. Right. Something that you could not debate that that transcends your ability to make a cogent argument against it. There's not. I, there are very few. I guess Tom Brady is the right answer. Right? Is 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 the best second? Like I was thinking, is there a, a an answer to best goalie in hockey history? I think that one of the answers would be. I'm not trying to curry favor with you. I think it's obvious, even though you and I never saw him play. I think Bobby Orr is rightly the greatest defenseman in the history of people. Right? You know, it's funny during the in the middle of in the middle of football season, like peak football season, we're having a we're we're talking about you know Brooks Brooks Robinson died a couple of days ago. That's okay. But then when you're like now you're taking it to Bobby Orr, which was leading me. I was going to start talking about Ken Dryden and I'm like, what are we doing now? I'm going to start talking about the greatest goalie of all time. Ken Dryden. This is it. Don't you see, this is the pleasure of doing a normal podcast versus when we do the 15 minute pregame show that takes us out of our collective comfort zone. And you and me like to be blowhards with trying to jam it all in in 15. It doesn't suit us. Now we have the room to talk. Are there any other answers? Is there a greatest center in NBA history? No. Uh, that that is a, a, a an understood across the board. Everybody agrees. Okay, well, like Randy if Moss. Right, if we're going to uh, if we're gonna digress uh, and hit all the other non football sports, I do have to say, don't ask me why. Uh, I was doing a deep Kareem Abdul Jabbar dive because I do think, like, I, I do think he is the guy. Like he, you know, the six MVPs, the the many many championships, championships with two different teams, but. In 1972-73, I don't have to tell Spaghetti this. He knows this. But so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he averages 30-16-5 and five on 55% shooting. And Dave Cowens averages 20-16-4 on 45% shooting. Dave Cowens MVP. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is going on? Like, And what happens, and you see this. You see this with like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You saw it with Michael Jordan. You you know, it's going to happen to Mahomes where guys create their own standard for themselves 
And then you go, oh, you know what? He had kind of a down year. And you're like, yeah, way better, way better. That's than right. Dave That's Cowens. what happens. Way That's better exactly. than Dave Cowens. And I say that as a Celtic fan. Anyway, right, and like Belichick's coaching record year to year is like, yeah, he's he's measured against himself. And it's like, well, that wasn't as good as the year he had back in the early aughts. Ergo, he can't be the coach of the year. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But you're losing the thread, Hedge. I'm okay. saying that it's remarkable that, okay, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a fine answer. So is Will Chamberlain. So is Bill Russell and Shaq and Akeem are all worthy answers. My point is Brooks Robinson is the only answer. People say, well, Mike Schmidt won a bunch of gold gloves, but people would say whether they understand, whether they know it to be true or not, people all agree. It's sort of like Kleenex. I don't know what the second best nose tissue is, but we know that Kleenex is the standard bear because it's what we reference. Same thing with, you know what it's like? It's like the 85 bears. There have been good defenses since the 1985 bears. And yet that's the go-to when any, whenever you compare a current defense um, versus anything that's, that's what I'm talking about. I like it when you tell me I'm losing the thread yeah, that, that's the first time I've learned there's a thread. That's exciting. I made it very clear what the thread was. I, I, what are you talking about? So unless People I will say, say Randy Moss. So, unless I say Greg Nettles, I can't. I can't. I, I, I've lost the thread. Like I don't like. <laughs> no, I'm not asking for you to argue with me about Brooks Robinson. I'm saying provide me any other examples of Brooks Robinson. Everybody agrees is the best defensive. A player at his position in the history of people. Right, Tyler well, is the best Jer- quarterback. Jerry Rice. Now that won't be true. Patrick Jerry Rice. Gonna... Jerry Rice. I, there are a lot of people who say that you get more pushback on that. There than are a lot of people who say what? Go finish that sentence. They say Randy of... Moss was better. Spaghetti. Have you ever run into any of these people? Oh come on. Oh. These lot of people who say you watch. You watch. You watch. Spaghetti's about Jerry to say. Rice. Oh he's God. about to say he thinks Randy Moss was better than Jerry Rice. Still, yes. still no, I, no I, I, lunatics. I, I think Rice is the best, but I think in the newer age of NFL fans and the online, the social media NFL fans, when you see the crazy physical catches that Moss, I mean, like Moss is like a verb now to Moss somebody. He does get, he, I think a lot of people would probably, you'd be surprised when people would say Moss is better, but I think you just can't argue with, with Rice's career. I bet you people would say that I, there are some people who say, well, not Steve Nash. I was going to say maybe Magic Johnson stands out as the clear cut best point guard of all. For time. sure. For sure. Nobody would argue that. No. Okay. That's why. Okay. Great. That's, that's my point. This is the company that Brooks Robinson keeps Tom Brady, Bobby Orr. I mean, he's, he's, he's you know, heady stuff. Good for you, Brooks Robinson. I'm, that's I'm all. A, I, I, why I'm, why the pushback on this? I, on the Randy I, on this Moss interesting thing. observation. Hey, by the way, Randy Moss's physical gifts and and versus Jerry Rice's four five five forty. Like the the fact that that Randy Moss had more physical gifts, put you know didn't put up Rice's numbers, and then Rice did that thing called winning Super Bowls. Uh, that that like that I can't. It, Email me these names of people who say Randy. Okay, Ball. here's another one. Steph okay. Curry. Everybody agrees. Greatest shooter in the history of people. Do you see what I'm what I'm establishing here? Brooks Robinson achieved what you really want. It's not about the records as much as right. you want to be you, this but your premise, icon for all of time. That's I mean, that's winning. But your premise was this, if I understand it correctly, your premise was who else? Who else? 
can lay claim to being the greatest blah, blah, blah. And then you go, oh, there are a bunch of guys. It turns out there are a bunch of guys. I did it. I said it's, I said it is rare air. That's my point. And so not rare. And it's got the caveat of you're only talking, you're only talking about half the game. Nobody says Brooks Robinson was was the best two-way Nobody third says Steph Curry's ever. the greatest defender either. They'd say he's the greatest shooter of all time, and that's a cool thing to have in in your uh, in your lifetime bio. All right, what, let's... What's so, diff- what's so difficult? Right, Spaghetti, let's, let's, who's right about this? Is this lame, or is that a, a semi-interesting observation? No, I think with uh, the passing of... Ro- I, mean, I get why the topic came up. It's, it's fine. Anything to get my mind off uh, Notre Dame and the teams I root for is fine. So <laughs> rather talk about a dead baseball player than the Giants or the Irish. Oh, all right. Have some respect. Um, <laughs> Have some respect. You you just took the whole point and pooped all over it for the last 10 minutes. All right. You know, I was going to say that Brooks Robinson hit 268 for his career. That was going to be my guess. And then... <laughs> I said He's I should be look, your bad goat. I, I the should week pass away. I should look it up, but he he actually hit two sixty seven for his career. Uh, so I don't know. Like you're saying, like nobody ran an out route better. Like it's like it's so specific. Anyway, all right. Yes, yes. Having a good glove at the hot corner. Yes, irrelevant in baseball. Well, how many <laughs> plays per game? Like if you're looking at like you know. How many plays a game above? Like, okay, everyone makes the routine play, and then Brooks Robinson can make spectacular plays. What and the hell's wrong with you? When, when, what happened to joy in your life? When, when did when did it leave once and for all? You know, <laughs> I, I'm probably in 1986 World Series. I'm guessing we would have a more difficult time establishing who's the greatest dunker of all time than who's the greatest defensive third baseman. Don't you see? It's hard to win. Everyone agreeing on one thing in this world, that's okay. basically what All I'm right. pointing to. All right, All right, move on. My apologies to, to you and, and the Robinson family. I, I agree. Okay. Um, Such a curmudgeon. I don't get it. All right, Mac Jones stinks. There are other things in life, Hench. That's Listen, the Mac Jones, it's not, it's when, you know, I was thinking, you know, our, the, the boss man, Peyton Manning, the Broncos only 600 point team in NFL history. Like, and it's like second and a foot is that's when you gash teams. And it's like, Bill O'Brien is like, I think we can get a first down. It's second and a foot. I think in these next three plays, we can get a first down. It's like, I I know Max not very good. And that's part of what's made O'Brien bad is that Max bad. But part of what makes Mac bad is that O'Brien's bad. Like the scheme is terrible. Uh, it, there's no, there's no downward thrust. Okay. My That's not a garbage goal. team either. They just happen to be in the AFC, which by the way, I point at a week later and it's still true. This mighty AFC that I was so afraid of for the last six months, ain't that heavy. I mean, I live already. We're in better spot than we are. By the way, look at the seedings right now in the AFC, you know, as the number two seed, the Steelers, you know, as the eight seed the Patriots. Maybe Ooh. it's a little too early to start talking playoff positioning. Maybe that's the big takeaway. What's your good goat hedge? Okay. So my good goat, speaking of seedings, Mike McDaniel, like it, it's, it's amazing to see a guy change the culture, change the game. I mean, dolphins are playing a different sport, right? It's just, it's wild. And, and then, you know, his, his, uh, his, not his twin, but Josh McDaniels, 
just just doing confounding things out in Vegas. Like every one of us is like, okay, arguable maybe to kick the first field goal, but after the terrible leverage penalty, obviously you have to try and cash now that you've burned all this time. Amazing, terrible coaching in the desert. But um, but Mike McDaniel, I you know, you watch these games and the the one that really jumped out at me was the was the uh sh- the right-handed shovel pass that was like like not 3 yards like five and a half yards like it was like when you looked at the motion and then he did that you were like that guy's going to walk into the end zone you can only account for so much and with all the movement and all the misdirection it it is just and then and then he just seems like meek and mild and like a decent guy. And like, you know, why didn't you kick the field goal to break the record? And he's like, you know, what is wrong with you? Like run the, he, I, the one I keep comparing him to, you don't know Greg Rosenthal, but Eddie Spaghetti and many other football fans know Greg Rosenthal. That's Mike McDaniel. I think it's eerie how similar those two human beings are to one another. And I, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, cynicism is our predisposition, you know, in society now. But believe what your eyes are telling you. You know, I think about the greatest show on turf. I, I'm trying to think, did we, did everybody assume by like mid-October, I'm trying to remember that season when Kurt Warner breaks out, were we talking about like, well, that's that. The Rams are obviously going to win the Super Bowl. And then the defenses catch up as the season wears on and games got tighter. Same thing with your 17 and 0, with, with your 16 and 0 Patriots. Remember things got narrower. That didn't feel revolutionary though. I'm thinking more of like greatest show on turf is more akin to what we're seeing with this Dolphins team. Um, I guess like the Air Coriel, the Lamar Jackson 2019 year, when you kind of like for one year, the league doesn't know what to do with you. I think the Dolphins are right now a great bet. And I feel relatively strongly, given just three weeks, are going to win the Super Bowl. You, I mean, you, you were, what is the rest were, of the league going to do to to close this gap? You were you were way out ahead of it. You've been on the Dolphins uh, uh, early, early and often. It will be funny when they when they score fewer than half the points they scored last week, and everyone's going to go. I guess Jalen Waddle's the problem. I guess it's <laughs> Jalen Waddle. If you're Waddle and you're watching the seventy points, you got to be like, "Come on, man, knock it off, knock Stay it off." Stay away, Jalen's. We don't need you, Waddle or <laughs> Ramsey. That's the thing that uh, I keep thinking about too. Is Fangio's defense is coming around now? Just three weeks, of course. But I think Josh Allen and company maybe get them. They're not going to get shut down this week. But remember, Jalen Ramsey's on the way. So it is, you know, as much as you can, a, a September game be desperately important to have. If you want to win the division and you're the Bills, you better win this one at home without Jalen Ramsey on the other side or else you're 0-2 in the East. So you're behind the eight ball. And I don't really see, short of the predicted, the off-predicted two uh, back injuries in 2023, I don't know how you're going to close the gap on these Dolphins. So, yeah, the Bills better get that one in the meantime. All right. Well, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Go gaps, do your thing. Do your thing. Speaking All right. of gaps, there couldn't be a bigger gap between my good goat and my bad goat. Right now, so my bad goat is Chicago. Scott Rowland? It's oh, no. Chi- okay. Sorry. It's Chicago. Scott Rowland also higher lifetime war than Brooks Robinson. Just anyway, so my bad, my bad, my poor Chicago. A man passed away, and I, this I, is what I, you do. 
it, so so not not since Mrs. O'Leary's cow knocked over the the oil lamp in 1871 has Chicago this had been this bereft. Okay, bulls in purgatory. They're in the worst place you can be, which is made the play-in game, had the heat on the ropes, blew a late lead in the play-in play game, just in that mid-table misery. Blackhawks' second-worst record in the NHL. White Sox in complete disarray, going to lose 100 games, no path forward in the, in the next five years for that organization. Cubbies catastrophic collapse like it's it's because very little was expected of the cubs it's sort of been underplayed the way they are collapsing getting swept by the diamondbacks dropping two of three to the rockies and then the the, the first two losses to the braves having late leads in both games and literally no reliever on the roster who can get through any part of that braves lineup Poor Cubbies fans, but the worst. 2024, 2024 wildcard team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, beat them two out of three when the Cubbies needed those games needed to make the playoffs. Exactly. So Justice! That's, that's revenge for the Blackhawks knocking the Penguins out of the playoffs in springtime. Continue. So, the, But obviously, the, the worst thing going on in Chicago right now is the Bears. You're hosting a team Ugh. that lost by 50, and you're a three-and-a-half-point underdog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I, we don't have to look it up. I mean, we know that has never happened. It, you're, you lost by 50. You're going on the road favored by three and a half. So uh, poor Chicago, obviously, as we've said, I, I feel like I've never met a person from Chicago I didn't like. Just just the, the, the salt of the earth, greatest people on the planet. And they are suffering, man. And I don't. By the while, you still have uh, former hero Pat Fitzgerald's uh, football team. Unless you want to root for Notre Dame. They're only an hour and a half. Oh, you're right. Maybe Chicago sucks. By the way, your arch rival up north, uh, Milwaukee in the state of Wisconsin. They have Dame Lillard on their basketball team now. Oh my God. So poor Chicago. And like Spaghetti and I were talking about this bear situation. Like I know people are like fire the coach, but it's like, it's not week 14. You know, they do that thing where they're like, you're not coming back. So we're going to fire you now and promote the special teams coach. Like it's September. How do you, how do you clean a house? Like it's so hard to, you know, bring someone in or promote somebody. I know people talk about, the phenomenon of of like the Bears never having a QB and the Brown. I love that subject, obviously, because in a salary cap era, which is now, you know, what, 30 years old now, you almost have to try to not luck your way into a halfway decent. Like how has a halfway decent QB not fallen into the Bears lap in 58 years? It's crazy. That you can have, and you can't ascribe it to bad luck or anything. Obviously, you can have some of that. Like, it's wild that the Bears in 58 Super Bowl years, their best QB is either Jay Cutler or Jim McMahon. How can you, how can, how can this persist as long as it has? As far as bad QB and, and all that stuff goes and plagued franchises, the question I wanted to ask you related to this is, how bad do things have to get for the Jets? I the, the the idea that like, well, the Vikes should trade Kirk Cousins over there, or they they should uh, the Jets need to go get Kirk Cousins. Like, 
some point the season's over and you're not going to get back into it. But how dire can things get for the Jets? You know, if you ride with Zach Wilson here, they will be, along with those Broncos and Bears, in line for the first overall pick or one of the top two. Drake May's looking pretty good down at UNC, along with Caleb Williams at USC. Do you think if the Jets finish with one of the top two picks, would they take one of those two QBs with Aaron Rodgers coming back from Achilles? And related, how funny would that be? <laughs> well, I think you'd have to, right? I mean, you're, you know, Rodgers, you know, I don't, I don't think Rodgers was going to be the answer this year. And so coming back off a serious injury a year older, 40, uh, I think you'd have to take one of those two picks. But speaking of picks, here's my question for you two guys, right? Okay, redraft 2021. Uh, obviously, Micah Parsons probably goes number one overall, but of the five QBs, Trevor Lawrence is still is still an NFL QB. But if you had to do the four other guys, isn't it? possible that Trey Lance is having the best season of the other four guys. Would you, I mean, wouldn't you take, we don't know. We don't know about Trey Lance. Wouldn't you take Trey Lance over Zach Wilson, Mac Jones and Justin Fields? Yes, of course. I'd I'd much rather be Trey Lance and have people in big D talking about like, maybe we should run him out there instead of uh, Dak Prescott versus what Zach Wilson's going through right now. Like, yeah, Trevor Simeon, who hasn't played football in uh, in six years um, and who we signed three days ago, is probably gives us a better shot at winning the game uh, than, than you do, kid. Second overall pick. That's That's a humiliation that you can't come back from. But Trey Lance really hasn't been, you know, given the opportunity. Like, I think yeah. it's just, it's interesting that Mac Jones is embarrassing himself out there grabbing other men uh, on the football field by their ne'er do wells. The the Mac They're Jones unmentionables. like the Mac Jones floater va- vaguely in the vicinity of Juju Smith. Like these plays are like what it's like they're all like third and three feels like a hail mary. Like oh god, it, I'm just going to throw it up and hope. It's like. Where, where's Welker? Where's Edelman? Like someone get a like what? Like the 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 Pats offense is is so terrible, and yet I think they cover that that big number. This uh, I think they beat the spread this week. I kind of agree with that too. I listen. I do. I listen back to my Jets point because I really do think it's it, it would be super funny because not surprisingly, Joe Namath. You know when when he speaks, he gets ink in Manhattan. And uh, he said, time to get rid of Zach Wilson. And if they're reluctant to do it, it might be time to look at Joe Douglas and Bob Sala. Imagine if Joe Douglas gets fired, basically, you know, for, among other things, you know, leveraging the franchise to bring in 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is still there next year, but Joe Douglas and Bob Sala are out the door and Aaron Rodgers at the draft, they announced Caleb Williams. It's like, I don't want to have to groom this kid. That's not why I came to New York. Oh, it would just be, it would just be the funniest thing ever, right? And Jordan Love is good. Jordan Love is good. It's just, it's also perfect. Uh, I'm just uh, rooting for him to start dating Shailene Woodley. Then the circle oh will really God. be complete. That would uh, be great. No, it's it's a mess in uh, in New York, which is obviously delightful. Um, but it it is weird when Broadway Joe pops his head up. 
he doesn't just want to kiss Zach Wilson. It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, like, wow. Let's listen, pretty, let's listen yeah, pretty young you blonde. Know. You would think that uh, he might uh, he might go for that. Spaghetti, how say you? Goat and goat. Oh, you already gave your bad goat. Yeah, me. The teams I root for, right? The, the you know anything the nice loss, to say? The Giants is this their season like roll really hinges on this game, which they're missing a bunch of guys apparently, or even the guys that are playing are still injured. The Yankees are being audited. I have nothing good in sports to give out. I it, everything is miserable. So this is uh, this is the only. What about game. the pucks going to drop? Don't you want to try to make a case for your rags? I this I is like, the year. I like the. I like the roster. I like the roster a lot more this season than I did last season. I think I think the players they added fit better for the 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 this current iteration of the Rangers. And I do think so far, what I've read with Peter Lavaliolette, he's he's doing things that the players like a lot more. They were pretty vocal about how bad Gerard Gallant was, and they say that Lavs is actually pushing. I told you that. System, you, so. I I I demand credit. I want justice. I told you Ger- Gerard Gallant was a bum coach who would not make it. And Peter Laviolette is the best. That's the that's the most uninspired hiring well, in I, in a I, decade. I, I it's yeah. I was pretty uninspired too. I hate the whole retread thing that that goes on in the National Hockey League uh, time after time. But again, if you go back and look at players who played underneath them, especially Carolina, especially those early days in Philadelphia when the Flyers are great, um, you know, with Claude Giroux and all them, they all love him. So I think that's a good sign. And a lot of the younger players did not really mesh well with David Quinn and then Glon. So maybe me being uninspired when I was actually happy about those previous hirings are good. And uh, now I will shut up about hockey because I don't want to get Hench upset. Also, I know Hench is going to yell at the both Brad, of Mar- us. Brad Marchand, next captain of the Bruins. Congrats on that. Spaghetti's in a world of pain. So what Sheck decides to do is like, oh man, Spaghetti's hurting. Let's let's punish our listeners by doing a Laviolette versus Gallant <laughs> breakdown. Like, wow. The poor listeners in his car, like, I'm an innocent victim here. Why am I listening? Uh, Peter Laviolette, what, what is happening? Yeah, Laviolette needs to die in the past week for Hench to go it's, in hard on him. No. Well, well, <laughs> all right. Listen, a couple listen, things before Brooks we get to our Robinson, best definitely. That one of the top two Robinsons on on those Oriole teams. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't. The strike is solved. I don't understand. Shouldn't you be in a better mood than what you seem to be in here, Hench? Look, I always say. Look, everyone's like, I want to be a writer. I want to be a writer. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey man, uh, be careful what you wish for because when you're a writer, you you say I'm a writer. This is what I do. It's my job. I'm a writer. Okay. Once you say you're a writer, the rest of your life is spent in one of two conditions. On deadline, miserable, and not on deadline, worse. So Mm. these are the two anxieties you get. You get like on deadline, horrible, kittens in your stomach, anxiety, or not on deadline, which means you're broke. You don't have any money because you're not on deadline. You never, there's no- There's no, you know, so yeah, it's like, I just went from the stress of five months of no income to the stress of like, I got to start making time. Don't tell, don't tell the heiresses I live with, uh, um, that, (laughs) that, uh, that, that, that Kiwami, Kiwami's back. Well, Kwame never got off the table, obviously that, that, that Sophie still has Tony sushi joint on sushi row in studio city. Yeah. My fifteen-year-old still man. has, you know, still has her regular table at Kwame. Oh, hello, Mr. <laughs> Sophie. 
<laughs> well, she wins and her old man loses once again. And now a quick break. Couple things I wanted to point out, then we'll get out of here so you can go about uh, your busy schedule. Shortest odds to win the division. Do you know off the top of your head? Pop quiz. Hanch, you go first. Shortest odds to win their football division. Their NFL division right now. Chiefs. No, it's the Niners, minus 600. This stood out to me. One, I think the Houston Texans. I talked about it on Extra Points earlier in the week. The Texans are 9-1. to I mean, the Jags have proven themselves three weeks in are not you know, they're not one of the top two or three teams in the in the conference. So I think throw a little something on C.J. Stroud and company in a lousy division there at nine to one. It's worth it. But the Seahawks plus five seventy five. I know if they lose to the Giants, that'll pop that balloon right quick. But the Niners still do play Brock Purdy there. And it does seem like that we ding the Seahawks for week one. But since then, they are banged up by they are now on a little bit of a run here. If they go into New York and beat the Giants, I think that there's a decent chance that the Seahawks get over on them. They've played the Niners well head-to-head with Geno. I think that's an interesting one. The other one that I think we always assume things are just going to revert back to form, the Bungles, get this. So the Seahawks are plus 575. The Bungles are in last place. They have two division losses already and are plus 370 to win that which is better odds with shorter odds than the Steelers who are in first place right now. Make sense of that for me. Uh, it makes no sense. And, and I, you know, anyone who, who gave the three points and watched the Bengals push against the Rams realized, you know, Burrow can't drive the ball downfield, right? Everyone is going to start to watch game film. And so it's like, once you're reduced to figuring out ways to get, Jamar Chase the ball in these spaces, everyone's going to creep down. Joe Mixon's yards per carry is going to go down. It's just, and it's not, how do you get well playing football? So yes, I think that's a ridiculous number. Uh, the the Bengals are, are in trouble. Like you, you don't, you don't win that game by three points against the Rams uh, unless, unless you're, uh, you're hurting. And I mean, if you watched him play, like, He's very limited and he can't drive anything. So it's all like outs, quick outs, slant, you know, little slants. Uh, I think that's that's crazy. What's funny about the Eagles, though, is after week two, is like Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. After week three, Eagles are right where they belong, first place, loaded. Uh, and and I think you know they're they're gonna they were my pick to win the Super Bowl. They're still my pick to win the Super Bowl. I, I just think they hmm. could. DeAndre Swift is second in the league in rushing. He's averaging 6.8 yards a carry. It's like, wild the last couple of weeks. He's put together, obviously, running behind that line. Um, yeah, I you know, the best team to me, I, I'm interested to see. I mean, the we talk have talked a lot over the last couple of years about no matter how much better one NFL team is than the, than the one they're going up against. 14 against the Arizona Cardinals. This is a, a fascinating game to me in comparison to Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon hosting the Chiefs only getting nine and a half. It's very strange to me. So I think both those, and by the way, spoiler alert, watch the 15-minute show I have the Niners covering that. I generally double-digit favorite in the NFL. 
uh, give me the dog. I think the Niners hammer up. That might be your better, the better team. And I, I hope we can just jump to the end of the story in the NFC and see those two teams play for the Super Bowl again with everybody healthy. I would take the Niners in that situation by a whisker. Niners versus the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought in, in the NFC championship game. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Bur- Brock Purdy. Will Brock Purdy get to 15 and 0 all time in the regular season before we stop saying, Hey man, but they've got Brock Purdy at quarterback. Like it's like every week we're like, Hey man, how are they going to get over this liability? The liability that throws two touchdown passes every week, that liability, like it's so crazy how, how good he's been. And yet there is something about the eyeball test that makes us go not a top 10 QB. And can you win against a top five QB with a top? He looks like a 10 year old. He's built like a 12 year old and he makes some bad decisions. He throws uh, some passes that should get picked off, but one of these years it's going to cost him a victory. I know it's wild. I know. I, 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 right. I think it's the eyeball to, to me, the thing that he does so well, that's that, that, um, is hard to detect sometimes is he slides. He's so comfy in the pocket. That's what Brady and breeze had is that gentle little slide with big bodies around them. And to be able to keep your eyes downfield, it seems like that's what Purdy has going for him above uh, everything else. All right. Best bets. Let's do it. I'm going to say very quickly, Clemson, I know has not been great so far. They are laying six and a half up at the Q's. I say that uh, they take care of business against the overmatch Syracuse. And I am going to take USC uh, minus 21 and a half against Colorado because I'm required to pick that game. I don't know, though. I do. I legitimately, like I said at the top, I kind of feel like Lincoln Riley's like, man, we, we have to win by 40 or it's a failure. It's a tough spot kind of for USC. I like them to take care of business. So, hey, I'll see you. Uh, okay. My best bets. Uh, if you live on the West Coast like we do, this you might have already cashed this ticket. I think the Jags hammer the Falcons. I don't think that game is close. They're only giving three. They're obviously the home team in London. Um, uh, and, and I don't think the Jags are are not, you know, they played the Chiefs very tough. I think last week was just an aberration. They were bad in all phases. I don't think they're bad. And whereas the Falcons are averaging 4.6 yards per drop back. And I think that is who they are. And I, I just don't, I don't see how they hang. I think with, by design, that's who they are. They want to be that. So, so uh, I like the Jags. Uh, I know, I know I made spaghetti relive the pain of last week. I think Notre Dame proved they're a very good team. I don't think five and a half is going to be a tough number for them oh. to cover against Duke. I, I love that. Um, and then I, you know, I think Michigan's the best team in the country and 17 hmm. against a, a, a woeful Nebraska team is not enough either. So th- those are my three picks. Good Real call quick, on that one. I like that I, Michigan pick. I, I want to introduce a new segment. Maybe we can do it. At, uh, it, it so it's, it's the impertinent press conference question. Obviously uh, it, we, we've, we've, you know, Sal is great at this kind of thing. Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel asking Mike Tyson, why can't you behave? But I would have loved guys. Yeah, I remember somebody once went to a Super Bowl and asked all the players and coaches if it was a must-win game. It was a must-win. This is genius among us. So th- this would have been my this is my impertinent press conference question for Sean Payton. Hey, coach, um, in your estimation, was the coaching of the offense and Russell Wilson last year 
as bad as the coaching of your defense this year. And then, like and, then, and then just watch him yell at you. But it's like, okay, 70 is eye-popping. But given what Sam Howell did against the Bills, isn't the number Sam Howell put up on you almost worse than the 70 that a very good team put up on you? Like, wow, wow, this this Denver defense is, is maybe all-time terrible. Uh, but anyway, I'd love to, uh, the impertinent press conference question. I well, I think you just launched the segment. Yeah, we'll, we'll look to you for next week's impertinent question of the week. Kevin Hedge, maybe we could do that thing, that uh, old uh, late night gimmick, you know, marry you asking the question and then pair it with the coach at the press conference. Oh, I like it. I like it. Let's do that like the old beer commercials used to do. All right, listen, spaghetti, best bets, lay them on us and then we get out of here. Yeah, to react to yours, um, I'll go only college because we did the pregame show, all the NFL picks. Uh, I definitely think a lot of points in that Southern Cal Colorado game. Uh, defense is not really good on either side there. And I I do, if I had a lean, I would definitely lean with you on the Clemson over Syracuse too. It was just a tough matchup versus FSU. They're actually really loaded that no one's really talking about them. Um, one other game that I'm kind of leaning towards, I'm not going to say best bet, but the Huskies giving 18 and a half to Arizona. It's like we, we may be living in a world <laughs> where the Washington Huskies, the national champions with uh, Michael Penix as the Heisman winner. Um, and Arizona's not very good. So I like that one, but my best bet, the, the one I think is a stone cold lock is uh, LSU giving two and a half versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss had a chance to kind of make a statement in the SEC, beat Alabama on the road, and they did not do that. Uh, Alabama is going through so many issues with the quarterbacks. They they, they went back to Jalen Milrow, um, and they won 24-10. They barely mustered 10 points. They lost by two touchdowns. I think LSU giving uh, two and a half is just not close to enough, and I think you're going to see a way better quarterback in Jaden Daniels than you, whatever Alabama was throwing at you. So I think LSU is going to do fine in that game. So a big one for them. I would hammer that one. And by the way, I like Bama continuing to get right and uh, cover. What was it? 15 and a half uh, against Mississippi state at last look. Um, I think uh, Bama gets them by three touchdowns down there. And with that, it is a wrap. Hench once again, muzzle tub on your involvement, walking that picket line for real, that's uh, that's noble stuff on your part. Uh, congratulations on getting over on the man. Hope you get over on the sports book this weekend. Thanks to our uh, our tips that we just gave you there. As far as that goes, the NFL 15 minute pregame show is available on YouTube and right here minus three pod on Twitter. We stream it. Um, we appreciate you consuming it that way and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Why don't you? So you get all the extra points network content that we put up there from Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti's waiver wired to extra points with me and Sarah Tiana and lemon pepper parlay and covered in glory. Did I say I'm all spaghetti trendy with Toby Mergler, your thrice weekly gambling tip sheet of a show there. Check them all out. We'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven, especially with you, Coach Robinson. <laughs>